I remember waking up in the morning and saying, you know, Lord, I, I love you and I can't do this on my own anymore. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do any of this. I just don't care anymore where things go. Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. On today's program, we'll hear more from Ted Kijik, an Ojibwe from northwestern Ontario, as he shares about what happened when he placed his hope and trust in Jesus Christ. Out on the reserve, I, I had come to the conclusion that it was under my strength I had to survive. It had to be me. No one was going to help me because my parents wouldn't. And it was going to be me, and I could do it. So the more I lived out there, the more that got ingrained into my mind. And so there was, that was one big thing, and it still is a big thing in my life today. So I would have to do things on my own. And the more I lived out there, the less hope I saw in life. I eventually came to the point, you know, I, I knew that I was a sinner and I knew I was going to hell. And I knew what the punishment for how my life was unless I repented, but I didn't care. I, I said, I deserve this and I will take it as my own. Different times we'd be running around late at night and there was times we threw rocks through cruiser windows and, um, oh, I was, a when I was 15, I was a little, I actually turned to stealing because I never got uh, money from my parents. My little brother would ask for money and uh, he'd say, Mom, can I get some money? And Mom would say, sure, and $10 right, right away. I think it was uh, on average about $10 a day that he got. And I would ask for money and say, Mom, can I get some money? I'd get a dollar fifty. Okay. And I'd ask for money maybe a week later and then I'd get a smack upside the head and told I was greedy. So I, uh, I quit asking and, but they always made, put me in charge of going <laughs> to look after my little brother, you know, walking him to the store and I had to watch him buy all these things and just, it just forever just eating away at me, you know, it's not fair, <laughs> but, uh. He kept getting this, and I didn't get anything. Eventually, one day, I went with my cousins, and my cousin bent down and picked up a chocolate bar, and the clerk didn't see it, so he came out with with something, And even though he didn't go in with any money. So I figured, you know, I'm not getting anything. He's getting enough business. I can justify this. It's a chocolate bar. What's he going to miss? So I had to go in. As I would pay for stuff, I would drop my, or drop my money on the floor and I'd bend down to pick it up. But as I'd pick it up, I'd, I'd put it up my pant leg and the clerk was none the wiser and no one, no one else was. So I'd start taking things every time I went there. So I never had money, but I always had some treats to eat and eventually we got coordinated, me and my cousins and I think we were taking about about $40 worth of junk food at a time. We'd do it about once or, or twice a month. And 
we just justified it. You know, we don't get anything. We got to take something, right? And over that course of time, I've, I think we, over 10 months before I got caught, I took about $800 worth of stuff from my uncle. It was actually my uncle's store. Um, I, I was caught and I told him I wouldn't do it again. And he told me he wouldn't press charges on that. So, uh, I've been recently working at paying him back. I think I still have about $150 to go. Eventually, when I was 15, there were things that happened at home that forced me to leave and I walked out of the house. And I came to my foster family and again there was opposition to me leaving and going to stay with them. But I did and I attended school in Kenora from the middle of my grade 9 year and uh, they were very supportive yet again as they had always been and they worked very hard to get me uh, schooling supplies and clothing and funding to help support me like food wise and room and board because I had walked out of the house with the clothes on my back and nothing else and so my foster family was very supportive in doing that for me, which I was very thankful for. And that was at one point, that was pretty much where I came to the end of myself. I had been, up until then, doing things on my own. And I remember waking up one morning in December of 2001, or it might have been January of 2002, just in the, a week before or a week after New Year's, where I remember waking up in the morning and saying, you know, Lord, I I love you and I can't do this on my own anymore. I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know how I'm gonna do any of this. I just don't care anymore where things go and so I walked downstairs and like I had all the other mornings and as I was walking through the kitchen my sister, my foster sister asked me and said, have you ever considered accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior? I had at one point, my grandmother took me aside and talked to me. And she asked me when I was 14 at Easter if I had wanted to accept Christ. And I did it out of respect for her. But she told me to keep it uh, quiet. And so basically I was, I wouldn't profess my faith, uh, nothing. It was... I kept living my life the way I had. But here, with my foster sister, when she had asked me, I told myself that I'm going to do it and I'm not going to hide it and I'm not going to be afraid of what might happen or what people might think or say for me being a Christian. And I did. I accepted Christ that day. I admitted that I needed a Savior from my sin and the way I had been living was sinful and I was a sinner. And I just cried out to God that day and just gave him my life. My grandmother, she explained that, you know, God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And that he always, he is faithful and just to forgive as long as we come to him and confess or tell him what we have done. He will forgive us. And 
I, I found that amazing. And she said, you know, it's not anything you do. It's not anything that we do to work at it because we could never work hard enough. We could never be good enough. Then she told me of one scripture that it was, it's not by works so no man can boast. I couldn't believe that, you know, like a God up there, he was like so powerful and omnipotent and just he knows everything about us and knows everything about everything can look down on us and and see you know a, a precious child that he's he loves and just wants to be with him and I couldn't believe that he would give a free gift like that you know and that was just something that really drew that <laughs> drew me to that but he uh he forgives our sins, like, like even the simple things, like the small lie you tell about when you're four years old that you might not even remember. But he, that was enough to separate me from God, and he forgave that and every other one I've committed after that. He just loved us to send his son and do that, like forgive all of that, so that we could come to him. I can say that I've given God my life and. I feel like, you know, I give you my life and this is what you do with it. But, you know, God hasn't given up on me every time that I've fallen. I, I fall constantly. And I just have to say that if God can keep, you know, forgiving me and helping me and not giving up on me, why should I give up on him? So that's one thing I've, I've, dealt with recently but uh, again living my faith and the Lord has led me to a few places different places of growth like um, he's just shown me lately a lot over the last year and a half two years that I rely on myself a lot like I've like I said when I was younger it came I always relied on myself. I told myself I could do this. And even now as a Christian, I find myself saying, Oh God, don't worry, I can take care of this one myself. And I end up going out and doing it. But whenever I fall and I stumble and I drop the ball, I come crawling back to God and He's always there to forgive me. I just hope that I can one day overcome that and outgrow that. Because even today and and I can feel that I've I've come away from God and relying on God and you know, just trusting in Him for His uh, bountiful provision and His love. I just pray and pray to God every day that I can just make that real in my life and just let that faith rule me and just forever trust in Him. Just in closing, I'd like to say that if uh, you know you feel that you've been just alone and abandoned and just left to do it on your own, and you feel like there is no hope, I just want to tell you that there is always hope in in God and His salvation and His forgiveness and His grace, because His grace is infinite. And I just want to share one verse that's always has spoken to me. When uh, I think of how I was abandoned by my parents, 
It says in Psalms 27.10, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. <laughs> and I learned that last year in uh, foundations class. I just thought that was amazing. That, you know, the Lord is my heavenly father and he will always take care of me. And it says in Matthew that we shouldn't worry about different things. And I just ask, ask that you'd take these things to heart. That the Lord would work in your life. Have you been abandoned by those around you? Jesus understands more than you know. We read in the Bible that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, as one from whom men hide their face, and we despised him and we did not value him. What's amazing about Jesus, though, is that he willingly came to suffer. Why would he do that? Jesus summed it up with these words, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My friend, Jesus died for your sins, was buried, and rose again so that you could be forgiven and accepted by God. Don't reject him. Receive him today as your Savior. Want to know more? You can write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Hey, if you enjoy The Storyteller, would you take a moment to contact this station and thank them for airing The Storyteller? They'll be glad to know you're listening. And if you ever miss a program, you can find us online at withoutreservation.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, there are more amazing stories to tell, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.